Welcome to the Community Builder Podcast. The world is our classroom, and every moment is an opportunity to understand human connection at a newer level. On this podcast, we'll explore the minds of active community builders as they strive to leave their imprint on the world. Travis King. Let's build. Before we get started, we would like to thank our sponsor, Cruise Control Music, the ultimate audio branding experience. Cruise Control Music creates custom, authentic sounds and music to showcase your brand identity and is a direct reflection of your vision, goals, and values. If you're looking to start or level up your podcast experience, log on to cruisecontrolmusic.com. And today I have James Carberry on with us. How you doing, James? I am fantastic, man. Super stoked to to be a guest on this show and and excited to see this thing come to life. Thanks. Yeah, I'm super excited as well. Um, you know, just really you know, want, want to give listeners a quick intro into you know who you are, um, and then kind of dive into you know how you're currently building community. And you know, we'll we'll kind of hopefully end on some some ideas where we can you know provide these listeners with some actionable insights that can take back and actually use in their community building efforts how does that yeah, sound man. yeah i love it i love it cool but yeah so just i guess start by just letting everybody know who you are and um kind of what you're what you're currently up to yeah man so uh so i started sweetfish media three and a half years ago we started off as a blog writing shop and uh over the course of the first year in business realized that there was an enormous opportunity uh, in the niche of podcasting for B2B brands, not in the way that most people think about podcasting. I think most people think about it from an audience development standpoint. Uh, they think about podcasting. They think about the value of podcasting in terms of the listeners that you can reach. And I actually didn't care at all about listeners. Um, I only cared about the relationships that I was building with guests because I had done shows in the past where my guests actually ended up turning into clients. And so I had this kind of epiphany 10 months into uh, uh, to starting Sweetfish where I said, man, uh, if I just ask my ideal clients to be a guest on a podcast, they all say yes. And then once they've been on a show and we've collaborated and created content together, uh, they're much more likely to actually want to do business with me. And so we pivoted from being a blog writing shop into being a, a podcast agency. Uh, written content is, is a big part of what we do. So we repurpose audio into LinkedIn content and blog posts and stuff like that. But, but that's the bulk of, of, uh, of what we do. We, we do podcasting and we repurpose that audio content into different forms of content, but that's, uh, that's the nuts and bolts of, of what Sweetfish is. And then I'm also a contributor for entrepreneur. Um, we've turned our, uh, our guests from B2B growth into, uh, into a community in and of itself. So I've started doing these B2B growth dinners all across the country. I'm going to Cleveland in two days to meet up with some some customers, some guests, some potential guests, uh, potential customers. Uh, and, and so kind of taking taking the show on the road, if you will, uh, which is a huge part of why we're talking, um, because I'm also passionate about community building and, and uh, the impact that it's had on our business. Awesome, James. Yeah, I think, you know, that actually leads us right into one of the first topics I want to talk about is, you know, what does community mean to you? Right. Like you're in this, you know, B2B podcasting world 
And in a sense, it's not really easily to quantify, you know, a quote unquote community. So I'd mm-hmm. love to hear your, you know, what community means to you in, in your you know world. Yeah, man, I, I was just talking about uh, about this concept with a couple guys at lunch today. I, I think community is friendship uh, and that sounds fluffy and uh, and I think it can be um, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I don't I don't think we talk enough about treating people like uh like friends treat each other and and i think the the rub there is well james how do you you can't scale friendships because friendships require you know tons of time and and lots of effort to to nurture like real friendships but i i think if we treat the people that we're interacting with in a business context our our community if you will if we treat those people we may not have you know uh, my my buddy that i go to lunch with twice a month uh, I'm I'm obviously going to get more time with him than I am with the person that listens to our podcast, and I maybe only interact with them via a LinkedIn comment once or twice a year. But regardless, like if you treat people as if they were your friend sitting across the table at lunch from you, I, I think uh, I think you can scale community really well by doing that. And so that's what community is to me. It's I I want to. I want to have as many friendships as I possibly can. Um, and, and when I think about friendship, I think there's no agenda. I'm, I genuinely want to be as helpful as I can to my friends. I want my friends to win in life, in business, in their marriage, uh, in, in everything they do. And so it, whether I'm having lunch with them or whether I'm interacting with them on LinkedIn or whether they're a guest on my show, like I have a genuine care for that person like I would a friend. And so that's, that's what community means to me. Interesting. Um, no, that's, I think that's, that's great. Like it's, it's tough, right? Like how do you align, you know, your friends with business? Right? Yeah. Like how, like, where's that, that, that line of separation exists for you? Yeah, if at all. I, yeah. I, I, man, I, <laughs> I think a lot of my friends have become customers um, because I'm, I, because of my approach to nurturing relationships uh and and in in the process of treating people like they are your friend uh people actually want to end up doing business with you and and so i i think we can i think we can press into that more than what a lot of people are comfortable pressing into and i you know one of my one of my friends is a keynote speaker and he he's a world-renowned magician and now he teaches companies how to uh, give the same reaction that people have to his magic, uh, how you can create those similar moments for your customers, for your employees. And this idea of, uh, you know, creating magic moments, the, the idea that he talks about a lot is all contingent on active listening. And so when you're, when you're going through your, your business endeavors, whether you're in biz dev or you're, uh, whatever, area of the company that you're in, where you're trying to build community, um, as you're talking to the individuals in that community, you can listen for opportunities for you to wow them. And so when, when someone tells you they're about to have a baby, you know, putting a reminder in your phone to say, Hey, I'll text them next Tuesday after they, I, I know they've had their baby and ask how the baby's doing that costs you nothing, but that's what you would do for a friend just because they're not necessarily somebody that you're going to eat lunch with once a week doesn't mean that you can't take that extra step step make that extra effort and and by doing those kind of things on a regular basis you you wind up i think 
humanizing. I think a lot of times, especially at bigger organizations, it's easy to think about community in terms of the masses. And, and if you've got a big community, it's hard to think about each individual as a part of that community. But I think when you do and you start actively listening to the people in your community and start creating magic moments uh, with different people in your community, it winds up having uh, a, an impact on the growth of the community and the depth, the culture that you're setting in that community for people amongst each other to start treating each other as if they're friends with one another, which is ultimately better for your community. Like if everybody in your thousand person community is is becoming friends with other people in the community, that that helps you, the organization organizing the community, win more. So I don't know if that makes sense. I'm <laughs> feels like I'm <laughs> rambling a bit, but that's no, no. that's the idea. No, I totally no. I think it makes complete sense, right? Like this this concept of friendship and just doing as you would to any of your friends, just treating them the same way you treat your clients. And I think that makes total sense. And I think um one thing I also want to ask about that. In terms of like building this like offline or in real life community, like how how do you distinguish that, right? Like, cause I know you earlier mentioned like a LinkedIn post, right? Like there's a sense of commenting on Facebook or commenting on Instagram or LinkedIn, but then there's also this offline community building. Like, could you speak yeah. a little bit to that? Yeah. So so we did our podcast for about two years before I decided to start doing these B2B growth dinners. And I was noticing that that we were building a really cool community. Um, that community was manifesting itself on you know on our email list, and they were showing up in in comment threads on my LinkedIn content. But I was like, man, I I love I get joy from being around people in real life. That is what fires me up. That is what brings me life. And so, as an entrepreneur, the reason you get into entrepreneurship is for the freedom and the flexibility of it. At least that's that's my primary motivation. I don't care about the money. That's going to be nice and fun, you know. But but to me, it's it's about the freedom that it brings me, and having the autonomy to be able to do the things that fire me up. So for me being around people fires me up. Uh, and, and so as I thought, man, how can I bake this into our business? We've got this thriving community digitally. How can I, how can I make in-person interactions be a part of this? So we put a little ad spot at the end of our episodes of B2B growth that said, Hey, we, uh, we want to create friendships amongst this community. And so I'm going to be hitting the road and going to be in different parts of the country uh, you know, every month. I think I've done nine or 10 of these now. You and I met as, as one of these uh, for lunch last last week when I was in New York City um, yep. <laughs> because of that. And so you you signed up. You said, yeah, when you're in New York City, hit me up. And and we did. And I ended up getting to meet with you and, and seven or eight other people while I was in New York City. Uh, on these kind of one-off lunches and and dinners with a couple people here and there, and and to me, like the the business benefit has, I mean, we've we've done thousands of dollars in revenue just in the last few months because of because of turning the community that we've built digitally uh, into an in-person community as well, and it it adds a level of depth to a relationship with someone that I can't. I can't explain like they can listen to me on a podcast for, you know, years. But when we sit down and, and share a meal together, sit across the table from one another, it expedites that relationship in ways that, that I don't think you can do in any other way. Totally. And that's exactly um, where I wanted to go next is the, 
the importance of that human to human interaction in real life. And I kind of also give um, just some advice to other people, right? Like there are other people that are going to be podcasters that also have a similar challenge, right? They have audience and listeners all over the world. And so how can um, other, you know, people that are building community online, like activate their online communities offline? Like what types of things would you recommend? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I, I think going to to where they are, if you're going to be traveling and going to conferences and meeting up with customers, uh, creating some sort of infrastructure inside your digital community uh, where you say, hey, I'm, I'm traveling a lot. I want to meet up with you guys when when I'm in your neck of the woods and having a landing page, you know, we just have a, we just have a Google form. I mean, it's nothing fancy whatsoever. I just, I, I bought a domain b2bgrowthdinners.com and we, we share that domain on the podcast. People go to that domain, which takes them directly to a Google form. And that's an ongoing thing. So every episode of our show is, is promoting that URL, which you know, so so every day we're getting new people signing up. So whenever I find out, like, hey, I'm going to be in New York City or I'm going to Minneapolis, uh, I I send a note to everyone on my list that is in that area, and and just like that, I can have you know three or four different meetups in the city that I'm already going to, um, and 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 I can humanize our community in that way by having these in real life. Uh, interactions. And so that's, that's how I've done it. I, I'm sure there are a gajillion other ways to do it. Uh, but, but I think, I think it is super smart to have some sort of infrastructure where people, people can sign up uh, anytime, not, not just like not getting people to sign up when you're going to an area, but having, having right. some sort of infrastructure where it's like, Hey, I'm, I might be in your city in the next three or four months, sign up here and I'll let you know when I get there. I think that model has, has ended up being really beneficial for me. Right. It's kind of just like this, like gauging interest and then understanding like kind of where to go next to also help you plan your traveling as well. I yeah, like that. Exactly. Nice. Um, also too, like, as I'm like, as I'm thinking about, you know, some of the, the challenges, right? Like, as I'm thinking about this, like some people might be like, you know what, Travis, James, like I don't have boots on the ground in, you know, 50 different cities. Like I have listeners all over the world, but like, I'm only one human. Like what, I guess, what sort of challenges have you faced in this similar effort, right? Like you can't be everywhere at once. Like what, <laughs> what other challenges yeah. have come across in your like in real life community building efforts? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, man. And, and I think, I think the fundamental flaw in that line of thinking is like, is you can't be everywhere at once. And so not, mm -hmm. not holding yourself to a standard of, you know, we've got, we get 75,000 downloads a month on our show. I can't, I can't meet with that many people. Like that's, that's not realistic, but I can meet with 10 people when I'm in New York city and I can meet with seven people when I'm in Minneapolis and I can meet with another four people, you know, when I'm in San Francisco and I can meet with another 12 people when I'm in Austin and, and I, I can do what I can do. Uh, and so I, I think the biggest challenge for me has been, um, people, people bailing, uh, because people are busy. And so, uh, when, when I set up a lunch or a dinner, inevitably people, you know, Hey, my kid got sick or, um, you know, I, I try to set up these pretty intimate 
you know, events where their dinners or lunches with, you know, just a handful of folks. And so at first my fear was, man, if I only have five people at this thing and three people bail, it's, it's going to be lame. If like, it's just, if it's just two people that show up and then I'm going to look stupid and I'm not going to look like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, worth anything because this person showed up and there's only one other person there. But what I realized is, those are actually some of the most valuable meetups is when it's just, I mean, when you and I met up, one other guy wasn't able to come because he had a last minute meeting pop up and it was just you and I, and we ended up having a fantastic conversation. I actually had gotten more joy out of it just being you and I at lunch than had there been three or four other people there. And so I think knowing that like the, the, the amount of people there um, depending on what your goals are, I, I think being okay with, even if you just meet up with one person, um, that can be incredibly valuable, uh, uh, is, has helped me overcome the fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to organize these things and nobody's going to show up. One thing that I'm starting to introduce is allowing the people that I'm inviting to bring someone else. And so when they bring someone else, they're obligated to show up because they invited somebody else to it. So that's like a little tactic that I'm experimenting with right now um, to, to make sure that we have, you know, we don't have more kind of events where very few people show up, even though I do think it is. It, you know, I, I think it can still be a great experience if, if only one or two people show up, but you know, for, I'm, I'm trying to get the most out of my time in a particular city. And in a, if I want to meet up with, you know, 10 or 11 people while I'm, while I'm there, uh, inviting five people to a dinner and then, uh, and then having them invite one person, um, kind of will, will help that. So that's, uh, that's one little hack that I'm, that I'm experimenting with. Nice. It's like, it's, it's like my idea. Like the way I think of it is like that plus one strategy, right? Like you said, you're yeah. more obligated to, you know, show up if someone else is also on the hook for showing up with you. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. Nice. So I guess one last quick question. Um, I, um, I know as we're kind of running, running down towards the, uh, the ladder of the interview, um, as far as the like future of community goes, right? Like so many people I, t- I, I talk with, you know, they talk about like, oh my God, like so many people are, you know, we're in the intention economy, right? Like everybody's fighting over attention no matter what it is. Um, like, can you talk to a little bit of kind of what your outlook is on the future of community building and how important or valuable it will be to B2B brands to make sure they have some sort of community infrastructure like planned for? Yeah, man, I I think it's everything. I, I think, uh, I, I, I think community building and brand building, are are almost one in the same to be honest i was just talking with um my friend sangram who's built a movement called flip my funnel as a as a part of his company terminus which is an abm platform and just talking about how community building is brand building like you are you are building trust at scale by creating a community around a cause that other people care about and and i think in community is how you make strides towards solving big problems like it's it's really really hard um you know elon musk isn't able to do the things elon musk can do uh, just in and of himself you know he's he's built communities of people that get behind this idea of like we need to be able to inhabit Mars. And so <laughs> through, through, through that, like he can't do that on his own. It's bigger than himself. And so 
it, you as a as, as a B2B brand thinking about what is the problem we're trying to solve, um, we have to lock arms with other people that want us that that want that desired result as well. And if you're the person organizing that community and spearheading the activity, you're the one throwing the events, bringing the people together. You host the podcast that that features you know the experts and uh, and and other people that have thoughts around how to solve that problem. Like. When, when you're the person doing all that, you're going to reap a ton of the benefit uh, because, uh, because you're, the, you're the tip of the spear on, uh, on creating the movement that is ultimately trying to solve that problem. And, and I think the way you do that is by building community. Uh, there, the, the episode that I was doing this morning with Sangram, we were talking about how most people see a problem and then they build a product. And then they want that they expect that product to change the world. But when you look at Salesforce, when you look at HubSpot, when you look at Terminus and Drift, you look at all these these B2B brands specifically that have that have made huge strides in tackling massive problems. They started not with a product, but they started with community. And then they allowed community to shape the product that ended up being the thing that changed the world. And so uh, I, I think that that line of thinking is uh is absolutely necessary. Totally. I know that that's super, super impactful. I think um, that's an awesome way to look at it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just wanted to, again, like, thank you for hopping on James. Like this has been, you know, such a pleasure to have you on the show and kind of, you know, get your insights and your takes on some, you know, different ways of looking at community and kind of how you're looking at it in your world. Um, and also just for the other people listening, kind of where can they follow up with you, stay in touch with you, um, connect with you after the show? Yeah. So I'm all over LinkedIn. You can just search James Carberry, C-A-R-B-A-R-Y on LinkedIn. Would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter at James Carberry. Email is james at sweetfishmedia.com. Uh, you can check out what we're doing at Sweetfish. Just go to sweetfishmedia.com. So all over the internet uh, and would love, would love to connect with anybody and everybody that wants to connect. Thanks for listening to the Community Builder Podcast. If you received an ounce of value from this podcast, share it with your friends. Oh yeah, don't forget to leave me a five-star review. I need those. Remember, each perfectly laid brick moves you one step closer to building your community.